Welcome to the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast, where we talk about all things Wrestle Strong Dojo. Uh, today, we'll be talking about Season 3, Episode 24, Dishonorable. And by the time this episode goes up, it'll be Australia Day. So, Sean, how's it going? Happy Australia Day. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, thank you. Happy Australia Day. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to uh, be having a, a few beers next to the pool and uh, have friends over. Uh, as everyone should be celebrating Australia Day, all all people, Australia is a beautiful country. All all nationalities, all all races, all creeds, all together as one on this beautiful island nation. Summertime, baby. So I hope you enjoy it. I'll tell you what. Um, I particularly enjoyed this episode that we're going to be talking about today. Dishonorable. Uh, we've got a lot to break down and get into. So we're going to get straight into it. We open up this episode with a promo from a wrestler from South Australia, Redshaw. Yes, um, I've heard from I've heard about Redshaw before. Never been able to see him, um, person like in in person. That is, uh, I've seen some of his stuff. He's he's a bit of a powerhouse of a wrestler, actually. He's um, a very good physical specimen, as they say. But uh, it's good to see that Wrestle Strong Dojo branching out. Uh, letting people from around the country compete with their already good stable of wrestlers. So I'm excited to see uh, Redshaw coming out and telling us he's heard enough of Crossface Club like the rest of us. Yeah, and I guess that just gives you an idea on how, I guess, how sick and tired that a lot of people have become of Crossface Club that it's even made its way all the way from South Australia, even they know, and they've um, had enough of it. Yeah, yeah, it's not just South Australia. I think it's worldwide. Don't be surprised if we see places like Taiwan and South Africa telling us how much they hate Crossbase Club. Well, the next promo we've got up, we've got someone from Japan letting us know uh, what he thinks about the Russell Strong Dojo Junior Heavyweight Champion, Banjo Powers. Yeah, I liked what uh, Ivico said there. I mean, it's always good to see him from the... Uh, uh, what is it? I, I'm not quite sure what the terms are for, for ships. I know there's a there's a stern and there's a hull. Uh, what, what's the what's the name of it? Where you, I guess the the office area. I'm not sure. What what, what, do you, what would you call that, Elliot? I've got no idea, especially when it comes to um boats. So, I guess the the boat's office. The galley? Is it the galley? This sounds good. We'll go with galley. This sounds. We'll um, go with galley. If you if you're wrong, if if we're terribly wrong, please let us know on our socials. But uh, yeah, it's always good to see Kaiser Co from his galley, uh, letting us get of whatever he's got off his chest. And uh, obviously, we do have to understand it in. I, I don't speak Japanese, so I read the subtitles. But uh, yeah, I did like his analogy about uh, crushing the fly because. Sure enough, Banjo Powers, he can be uh, quite annoying. And I'm, I'm sure for a big guy, if he gets him, he probably could crush him. But hey, he's a nimble fellow. Yeah, he is a nimble fellow. And we get a bit of a rebuttal from him. Um, you know, he, he said that it seems like he's happy to be compared to a fly. But at the same time, he's not scared to, um, to take on someone like Kaizuku. No, no. It's the, we do... We do call out Banjo for some of his antics, but for all those listeners who've been with us uh, over the last couple of years, and thank you very much, you'll know that we've never questioned uh, Banjo's fighting ability. 
And then after that, we get uh, get a promo from one of my favorite wrestlers, and that's Fabian, and a bit of a bit of a serious Fabian here too. Yeah, I think this is the closest we're ever going to get to Goldberg from Fabian with the uh, who's next kind of thing or what's next. I mean, I don't really expect Fabian to be walking through fire, breathing smoke and uh, destroying people in 30 seconds. But I do like the intensity from Fabian. It's uh, He's a very thoughtful person, um, what his thoughts are. Who knows? We know what his emotions are about himself, but seems to be on the right track on this one. Uh, we got a bit more pensive from him. And uh, we followed that up with a great match straight afterwards, Fabian versus Lasora. Yeah, this match going seven minutes, 15 seconds, which saw uh, Fabian pick up the victory when he was able to hit that running boot on Lasora in a match that I thoroughly enjoyed. Fabian obviously starts a match in true Fabian form. Um, sort of addressing down the Penrith crowd. And so the last person that you want hanging around is Lasora, especially when you're making comments like that, Lasora being a local in the Penrith area. And I guess he let Fabian, you know, let Fabian know how he felt and he touched that million-dollar face of his. Yeah. Uh, look, we, you know I'm a fan of Fabian, as we know you are as well. But being a Penrith local... It does hurt when somebody does says that, but, you know, sticks and stones. I mean, it, Fabian doesn't look like the kind of guy who enjoys aqua golf. It doesn't surprise me. He's not a big fan of the area. But I did did love Lasora. He uh, he slapped the taste straight out of Fabian's mouth. Uh, didn't matter what kind of filet mignon he'd had earlier. That taste was right out of his mouth. Uh, lovely to see that. It showed a bit of passion from both guys. It was a hot start. And uh, let me just say, this is probably the best outing I've seen from Lasora. He was looking dangerous. Some very nice holds, uh, beautiful work uh, in and out of the ring. Fabian uh, had to bring his A game, and uh, luckily for him, he did because he got the victory. Uh, it was impressive in doing it because he had to lift his own game to match what Lasora was bringing. Yeah, Lasora was spectacular in this match, um, albeit, you know. Um, on the losing side, but as you said, you know, a lot of the holds and all of those chops, um, I get the feeling Fabian may uh, be watching his mouth the next time he's at the girls club when it comes to talking about um, the pinner of locals, because those chops, I felt them through the, um, through the screen. Oh yeah, they, they were definitely some heavy ones. And uh, while we're on the topic of people talking, we've noticed that Jack Hellering was on commentary for this match and, uh, I know, I know he's a bit underhanded in his managerial ways, but I really enjoy Jack Hellering on commentary here. I, I think he's, uh, he's wasted in the managerial ways. I, I really think he's got a future um, behind the mic there or behind the monitor, if you will. Yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's using this as an opportunity to do some more solution scouting. Um, you know, when you're doing commentary, you are in a very good position to get an idea of wrestlers and how they go and whether or not they will fit into your stable. So I would not be surprised if that's uh, the way that Jack Hellering's thinking. Yeah, it's true. He's a, um, he's a very crafty customer that Hellering. So obviously, you know, uh, beginning of the year, last year, wrestle strong dojo had their, uh, their end of year awards, which was like wrestler of the year, 
um, you know, rookie of match the of year, the match of the year, and what have you. I'll tell you what, Wrestle Strong Dojo, if you're listening, um, I strongly recommend that you have promo of the year. And if that's going to be the case, I've got the winner right here. Uh, after that match, we got a promo from Adam Vicar, and he, he just laid it all out. You're not wrong. Um, I've got it in my notes here that this is the best best Adam Vicar promo yet by far. I mean, we all know Adam is a man of his word. He's always sincere. But this, he just took this to another level. He let everyone know what his true feelings are. And, man, isn't he pissed at Dean Draven? And he has every right to be. So Adam Fakar, he, he just, he let me know I was definitely going to be cheering, even though I was probably going to be cheering for him anyway. He got me all psyched up and rolled up. I wanted to go to the gym and hit the bags myself. So well done, Adam. You, uh, you, you reached through and you grabbed me on that promo. One of the um, reasons why I felt the promo was good is because we've actually seen the story play out in uh, season three, Sean. Um, and the promo matched the story for mine. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've, we've been on this ride this whole time. We've had to see the betrayal of long-term friends. I mean, Adam said it himself. He's been around. He's come back to test himself against the best. And he was with the best, with one of his friends. And one of his friends turned around and stabbed him in the back. And now that friend is laughing about it. And he's also kicking other people while he's down. That goes against everything that Adam Fakar stands for. So great to see. Adam didn't lose it. He just conveyed how he felt. And it was wonderful. Wonderful to watch. It's great to see the inside of a man's mind like that. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I did say, you know, if they were going to have an award for promo of the year, uh, this would be it. Um, if they're going to have an award for worst promo of the year, I think it followed it straight after. Maybe not so much worst promo, but um, worst attempt at singing. Uh, we had Banjo Powers um, displaying, you know, some of his musical talents, I guess. I mean, the guy wants to take a shot at my karaoke, but geez, people in glass houses. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the go? Uh, is Simon Cow meant to be sitting here? you know, going over all this stuff? Is he meant to be, that's a yes or that's a no from me? I mean, what's with all the songs now, Banjo? I'm just worried that he might go hold Jeff Jarrett and start bringing the guitar to the ring and just lay someone out. You know what? I wouldn't put it past them. It seems like the underhanded type tactics that the Crossface Club would use. So, you know what, what you've said there, wouldn't be surprised. No, and well, once again, too, like Banjo, showing us his talents. I mean, the guy's talented in the ring. The guy, the guy can play a guitar. It's just somehow he still makes you infuriated, you know? He does, and it uh, seems like um, towards the end of it, he calls up his mate Dean. He's got an idea. And before the next match, um, you know, I guess that plan comes out. They enter the ring, and they make the stipulation for this tag match, the Crossface Club taking on the team of Adam Vakar and Kaizoku. The stipulation being that if either Adam Vakar or Kaizoku can pick up a pinfall on Dean, they would get a title shot. Yeah, there was um, 
they were surprising actually uh you don't really see them you know, dangle the carrot like that normally and geez i tell you the crowd was not happy to see the crossface club i mean there was just more booing than you regularly hear at a wrestlestrom dojo show uh gail's club great crowd uh fantastic crowd um geez they I did hear the um, the El Terrible was robbed, yelled out through the crowd, and geez, Dean was quick to try and slam that down. I mean, wow, that was. Uh, I know we got some great feeling from Adam Fakar, but geez, we got some smugness from Dean Draven and Banjo Powers afterwards. Uh, great stipulation. I, I love a match with stakes, and it gave. I, I don't think Kaiserko or Adam Fakar required uh, any more motivation to get that win but it definitely lit the fire under them when they came out well there's no bigger carrot to dangle in front of a wrestler than the heavyweight title of the promotion and that's what the crossface club were doing and you know as we talk about this match you'll see they they were probably successful in doing so this particular match going 19 minutes 41 seconds which saw uh, the crossface club pick up the victory when uh, they were able to get the the dual um, triple crossfaces on both Adam and uh, Kaizuku, but ultimately the legal man Kaizuku tapping out um, when Dean Draven was when Dean Draven was able to make him tap. Um, Jesus was a very good match. Um, you know, you got heavyweights in here, Banjo who wrestles like a heavyweight, a lot of heavy hits. And I'll tell you what, Sean, tomorrow's a day off here. I think someone who oh. will be enjoying that day off would be uh, Kaizuku to. Um, He's healed that chest of his. Oh yeah, that he'll he'll have to um, dance a couple of asahis himself. I think uh, while the rest of us are enjoying some good Australian lagers. Uh, yeah, th this was a physical match. But look, we've been watch watching Wrestle Strong Dojo long enough. We know these are some heavy hitters. They they bring it. As you said, Banjo carries himself like a man much larger and wrestles the same way. He leaves it all out in that ring. Um, Beautiful spot during the match where uh, Banjo jumps off the top. Oh, great, great view, but would have been terrible to be one of the poor buggers taking that down on the bottom because he just leapt off from the top down. That's a the camera angle doesn't do it justice. That's very high up, very high up that he's taking all his body weight and driving it into his opponents from the top there. So wonderful match. Um, Crossface by name, crossface by nature, dual crossfaces. I don't blame anybody for tapping out to that move. It, it just looks like it would just wrench your body straight apart. Um, looks like the, uh, the crossface club's idea of getting into their heads, playing a bit of mind games may have worked against uh, Adam Fakar and Kaizuku. But uh, look, I enjoyed the match. Um, as much as I didn't want the crossface club to win, they earned their victory and they earned it emphatically in the end. Yeah, they did. And, um, you know, we talked about dangling that carrot towards the end of the match there. It looked as though um, Adam was in a dominant position and uh, looked like Kaizuku, you know, I guess once a pirate, always a pirate, tries to take the uh, the easy way to get a hold of that carrot by doing the blind tag. Um, unfortunately for him, he came unstuck. They both received uh, low blows, and then from there was um, it was basically the end. Um, yeah, this match was 
for a lot of great spots. Um, crowd was really hot for it. Yeah, I, um, I'm not too up on the pirate code, but I think um, pillaging a win in the ring is probably written down as an okay in that code. Uh, Adam Fakar, once again, looking great in that match. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it immensely, as did the crowd, as you could hear. It's just a shame that the, the Crossface Club, obviously, they're a team. They had greater teamwork, greater psychology within each other, knowing what they were going to do. They're, whereas in Kaizuku and Adam were more as up, upstanding people that they are, they were more in it for themselves than they mm. were as a team, if you understand what I mean. So it doesn't surprise me that the better teamwork got the victory at the end of the day. Yeah, and look, um, you said it. You said it yourself, Sean. You know, we do bag them out from time to time, but when it comes to working as a unit, there's no better in professional wrestling than the Crossface Club. Yeah, well, they've got the belts, they've got the gold. So, uh, according to them, they make the rules. But uh, as we saw at the end of the match, there was a rule made that uh, I don't think Dean Draven was too impressed by. No, he didn't, man. Um, he let us know how he felt. Um, you know, I guess I can understand how he's feeling. You know, he's basically just beaten the two guys in the ring and uh, then all of a sudden for them to get, you know, a title shot, you know, in the upcoming show. Um, you know, part of me thinks maybe he's got every right to be angry, believe it or not. Well, you know what? I don't think he's got a right to be angry at anybody. For, uh, for the way he's handled himself in the last few months. So maybe if he if he would have won every match clean in the ring, maybe if he didn't use outside interference or foreign objects, maybe he'd have a leg to stand on. But in this case, sorry, mate. Uh, crocodile tears as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, big call there. Sean, I'll, um, I'll leave that one with you. So anyway, so that was episode 24 of season three, Dishonorable. A really good episode, a display of the heavyweights that Russell Strong Dojo have. Um, we've got probably some of the the better promos um, from season three, like collectively, if you look at um, what was on this, this particular episode. Um, yeah, great episode. What did you think, Sean? Yeah, no, very good episode. I mean, uh, you could almost um, you could almost title it The Rise of Fabian because... Not only did we get, he talked the talk, but he walked the walk. Hey, we've been building up, for, we've been building to something big from Fabian. He's starting to get win after win. Uh, don't be surprised if we see Fabian uh, going for the gold anytime soon, because whether it be tag gold, whether it be the, uh, the big belt itself, who knows? I think the sky's the limits for Fabian. But uh, once again, very strong episode and i enjoyed it and that's it for this week's episode of the podcast um sean thank you for once again joining me breaking it down um look forward to doing this all again next week as do i and uh, before i go as a proud radri man i would like to wish everyone a happy australia day for tomorrow happy australia day